Just Start Real Estate, episode number 131. All right, thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate today. I appreciate it. My name is Mike Simmons. I'm your host. And before we get started, a quick reminder that I'm accepting applications for uh, my coaching program for the month of May. So April is almost wrapped up. It's been a fun month. It's been some cool stuff happening with my students that are really kicking butt, and I could not be more proud of them. Like I said, I'm accepting applications for the month of April. If you are interested in being a student of mine, just go to justerrealestate.com forward slash coach, and all the information you need to know to apply will be right there for you. For you. Okay, on to the show. All right, guys, it's another Quick Point episode. Thank you for joining me here. Today, I want to talk about the top 10 things that every contractor should do. Now, I don't spend a lot of time addressing contractors directly on this show. I'm pretty much talking to real estate investors directly, um, and specifically new real estate investors. So I kind of am doing that still, I guess. This show, it's not like it's not for real estate investors. Certainly, I want you to pay attention, but I'm specifically talking uh, today to any contractors that we have listening to the show. And I suspect we do have some contractors listening out there. I know I've talked to some people who um, do contracting work. They may not be general contractors, but they're you know they're doing some of the works on on the work on their rehab. But really, if you're a real estate investor, I don't want you doing work on your own rehabs and 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 buy and holds or whatever. I don't want you doing the work because honestly, uh, just like it, just like we said in the last episode where I interviewed interviewed Larry, the the private investor, if you you know, are swinging a hammer, you're not going to ever make a lot, a lot of money, right? You're going to make money, but you're making it tough on yourself to really make a lot of money and scale your business if you have a tool belt strapped around you and you're swinging a hammer all day long. I mean, you're only going to be able to do as much as you can get done yourself. And that's not really how you scale a business. And honestly, like we talked about yesterday, I don't want to go through that whole interview again, but even if you don't want to do a lot of flips in the course of a year, say, and you go, you know what, I'm just going to do one. So I'm going to do this one myself. And I don't care if I don't do, you know, 10 houses this year. Even if you're only going to do one, you can still really get burned by holding costs. Or if the market changes, that'll get you too. So you have to really be careful about doing any work yourself. But okay, that's not the point of this episode. I don't want to preach to you about doing work yourself. But what I want to tell you is I'm sort of addressing contractors here and not necessarily calling them to the carpet, but I want to discuss the things, the top 10 things that I think they should be doing as contractors. Maybe, you know, kind of giving them some advice of how to deal with investors. So in other words, I want to say the top 10 things that that you as a real estate investor should expect from your contractor. Any contractor listening should take note. They really should. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to lecture and I'm not a contractor. I'm going to say that right now. I don't have Um, I'm not a licensed contractor, but I don't have to be. I'm going to give you some business advice here. And if you take it, I'm telling you, your business can explode, especially as it relates to real estate investors. So I'm going to tell you exactly what we're looking for as real estate investors. And this is something that I hear a lot of investors um, complaining about at meetings and RIAs and you know, conferences and seminars, it's its a common complaint. And I think it's about time that we bring it to light and talk about it a little bit and tell any contractors listening exactly what we're looking for. You will instantly set yourself apart from all the other contractors in your market if you just do these 10 things that I'm about to talk about. Okay, 
Let's start at the top, and this is a big one. This is maybe the number one complaint that I hear consistently from real estate investors about contractors, and it's be on time, okay? If there's an appointment to meet in a, a real estate investor or anybody at a house at 7 p.m., don't show up at 7.30. Don't even show up at 7.15. Honestly, ideally, show up at 10 till 7 or 5 till 7. But at the very least, show up at 7 p.m. sharp. Don't be late. It's a common complaint. I'm telling you, it's I've seen it myself more often than I really would would care to to even admit. I, I'm I'm I feel like I'm I'm. This is going to be a, a just one big bashing of contractors, but it's not. Please, please understand. This is more constructive. I'm telling you what you should be doing if you want to set yourself apart. And number one is be on time. It's a really difficult thing, and it's something that it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. I always always try to be on time or really early. Um, you can ask my family. It's almost a little bit neurotic how I have to be early or on time for things. I start getting really anxious and really, um, you know, just really uncomfortable and upset if I'm going to be late. If I know I'm running late, I don't like to. I like to be on time. And I think it says a lot about a person, contractor or not, it doesn't matter, any professional. It says something about you if you're on time. And unfortunately, it says something about you if you're always late. So be on time. You'll you'll be light years ahead of all the other contractors just by doing that one thing. But let's let's get through the whole list because if you can manage to do all of these things, you will be a rock star in your community and in your market. Okay, the second thing, and I'm not really doing these in, in order, they're just bullet points. So just understand it. it's not really an order of importance, although I would say being on time is really high on the list. So maybe that is number one. But anyways, next one, when walking the job in order to quote it, right? So you meet a, a real estate investor at a house and they want you to quote the job, bring something to write with and write on. Bring a pencil and paper. If you want to take notes on an iPad, that's fine or on an iPhone, whatever. But I've had contractors walk through the house with me and not take any notes. I'm telling them tons of things, just rattling off all kinds of stuff and they're nodding their head and, and rubbing their chin, but they're not taking notes. So I know that they don't really remember any of it. Now, luckily I send all of my contractors an Excel file that is itemizes everything that I've asked them to do, but they don't know that always. Not every contractor knows that when I walk through a house. So bring something to write on just in case the real estate investor isn't organized and you need to be able to remember what they're asking you to quote. Otherwise, how are you going to give them a good quote? So that was the second thing. Uh, walking the job, bring a pencil and paper, an iPad, write in your iPhone or a tablet or something. Just bring something to write on. Okay, next one. Itemize your quote. I can't tell you how hard it is for me to get contractors to itemize their quotes. There's probably a very good reason for it. I, I don't even really care to, to guess, but you know, you wanna you wanna itemize it. And not only do you wanna itemize it, but you should call the labor and materials out separately. Tell me, as the person who would be hiring you potentially, what portion of that line item is labor and what portion is materials. In other words, if you have a thousand square foot house that you're gonna paint, for example, that's the line item, right? Interior paint. And let's say that you charge um, $1.50 a square foot. I don't know if that's what you charge or if that's good around the country rates or whatever, but let's just say it's 150. So that means 
it's $1,500. Great. It's $1,500. Does that include paint? If it does, tell me that and tell me what portion of that is paint. Say 300 of that is paint and 1,200 is labor. Okay. If it doesn't include paint, then call that paint out on a separate line item or somehow make a note that it's $1,500 plus $300 in paint. So it's going to cost $1,800. But you have to be clear and you really, really should itemize the quote because you're being quoted against other contractors. If this real estate investor that you're working with is is doing their due diligence, you're quoting against other people. You want to make it as easy for the real estate investor to compare your quotes to other quotes as possible because if you're a pain in the butt, if your quotes are vague and kind of all lumped like here's all the things we're going to do and here's just a number at the bottom, it's frustrating and you're not making it easy to work with you and there's a good chance they won't work with you. So call everything out individually. Itemize the quote. Okay, next thing. Listen to the investor, all right? I've walked around with contractors and told them what I want to do, and they're trying to talk me into doing way more than I want to do on that job. You have to trust that the investor knows what they want, right? If they don't know what they want, it's not necessarily your job to tell them what they want. Now, I will say this. I definitely, definitely appreciate when I'm walking through a job and I'm quoting it and my contractor points to something that I want done and explains how it can maybe be done a little simpler than what I'm asking him to do. In other words, he has a cost savings idea or a time savings idea. That's awesome. I say, you know, give as many of those as you can. Be be helpful that way. But if I say that I want to, you know, paint a room and, and I'm just going to paint the trim, don't try to talk me into ripping all the trim out and putting in new trim and putting in crown molding if I didn't ask for crown molding. You have to trust that I know the level of rehab that I want to do. But, you know, if I'm telling you to do something that's that's fairly complicated and cost costly and you know a much much simpler, faster, easier, less expensive way to do it, by all means, make those suggestions because if my contractor makes suggestions that's going to save me money and save me time, the trust level goes up dramatically and my desire to use them going forward goes up dramatically also. So definitely give those cost savings ideas, but don't try to push the investor into doing something that they didn't want to do to begin with. Just let them decide what they want to do on their rehab. Okay, next one. Be on the job when you're supposed to be there. Don't go three, four, five days a week without showing up on the job site and definitely don't not show up for three or four or five days or a week and try to convince the investor that you've been there. Because like I said, any good investor will either be there themselves to check to see if you've been there or they will send someone out there, maybe a project manager or someone on their team to see if you've been there. Don't try to BS them. Be there when you're supposed to be there. I realize a lot of contractors do more than one job at a time. I get that. Don't stretch, don't stretch yourself so thin that you can't be on a job when you're supposed to be <clears throat> because a lot of investors will charge late fees. I do. I charge late fees if my um, contractors is significantly later than they're supposed to be. It, it costs them every day that they're late. It costs them money. So definitely be on the job when you're supposed to be there. Don't make excuses. Just be there. Be there working. It sounds simple, but it, it eludes some people. Okay, next one. Have suggestions to problems that come up. Okay, so in other words, 
things come up during the job. I, I get that, and every investor should understand things do and they will come up, things that you didn't anticipate. But as a contractor, try to solve the problem before you call the contractor. Come up with a couple of solutions, a couple of options, or better yet, solve the problem without having to call the investor every time, right? Little, little areas, little things. You as a contractor, especially if you've worked with that real estate investor long enough, you understand the spirit in which you know they're trying to rehab the house. You understand the level of 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 rehab that they want. You you really understand what what their goal is. So help them achieve that and solve. Be a problem solver, right? Don't just call five times a day with every little thing that pops up. You should be trying to solve these problems and come to them either and say, hey, this came up, we fixed it, don't worry about it, or hey, this came up and I have solution A and B, and which one do you think makes more sense to you? That's that's helpful. Just calling and dumping problems all the time is frustrating. Okay, next one, suggest cost-cutting measures when possible. So as you get into a job, if you realize partway into a job that there's something that can be avoided altogether or done easier or faster, like I talked about earlier, then suggest cost-cutting measures. Because when you save me money in the middle of a job, again, you've just set yourself apart from most um, contractors because honestly, most contractors are looking to charge extra here and there for every little thing. If you're actually saving me money during the course of a job, you are my new favorite contractor. I can guarantee you. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Next one, add for contractors now, add a fudge, a fudge factor into your quote. Now, what I mean by fudge factor is if you quote the job and it comes to exactly, you know, $15,000, you might want to add a certain percentage onto that for any little nickel and dime type thing that comes up. In other words, if it's $15,000, you might want to present the investor with a quote of $16,500, right? Because things will come up and nothing but nothing aggravates me more as a real estate investor than when my contractor calls me three times a day to tell me about something that they found that's going to cost an extra $50 or an extra $30 or even an extra $100. It's frustrating. I really want those things to be taken care of, especially if I'm doing a rehab that's $20,000, $30,000, right? I'm paying you $30,000 to rehab this house and you're going to really call me with a $50 you know, surprise it's it's just frustrating. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth. I say add a certain percentage on. I think you should anyways. I'd be blown away if contractors didn't do this. I'm sure they do. But add a little bit in there so that when something comes up that's going to be an extra 50 bucks, you can cover it. I, I, I would suggest, though, that you tell the investor when you see them, hey, this came up and you know we just took care of it. Don't worry about it. It's not a problem. So at least they know that you did do that and, and you kind of get the credit for doing that. But, you know, don't don't call the investor three times a day saying there's $30 nickel and dime issues that's come up and you need, you know, them to add it to the quote. It's just frustrating. <clears throat> okay, next one, complete the job on time. Simple as that, be on time. Don't be overly optimistic when you're quoting timing in the beginning. If you think it's a four and a half week job, don't tell the investor that it's a four-week job. Or worse yet, 
tell them it's a three week job. That's that's horrible. And and contractors do it because they want to get the job. And I think it's one of those things where um, the idea is it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission, right? So you know the investor wants to get it done in three weeks, but you know as a contractor it's going to take you four and a half to five weeks. But you say three weeks to get the job, and then you know you sort of like well you know you kind of make excuses maybe why it took longer when you knew it was going to take longer from the beginning. Now. I'm not suggesting that that contractors are outright lying about things, but I'm telling you I've seen these things happen. I've seen, you know, instances where a job was quoted, you know, 2 weeks and it took 5 weeks. And I refuse to believe that a contractor is so horrible at estimating time that they couldn't tell me it was going to take longer than 2 weeks, right? They they did know and they just wanted to get the job, so they said that and then, you know, basically figured they'll just deal with me when the time comes and they're going to be late. <clears throat> so don't do that. That's just bad bad business in general. So next one and this is the 10th one clean the job site thoroughly after completing the job, right? Once the project's done, don't leave sawdust everywhere. Don't leave, you know, scrap wood or scrap metal or scrap tile all over the place. Put all of the materials that weren't used, some of the leftover materials, in the basement, in, you know, in a closet and, and Put them in a nice, tidy little pile somewhere where it looks nice. Sweep the floors, wipe down the counters, you know, make sure everything is clean and nice. I'm not saying you have to go through with Windex and and, and clean the windows and, you know, and polish the, the, the trim, but you need to leave it clean, right? It should be reasonably clean. So when people walk through, it's just not a mess, right? And then, you know, it's up to the investor to come through with a cleaning crew or, or go there and clean it themselves, whatever they're going to do. But just make sure you leave the job site clean. Don't leave debris and material all over the place and sawdust on the floor. Clean it all up. Make it look nice. It's going to set you apart. I'm telling you, I've just listed 10 things and most contractors don't even do half of them in my experience. So <clears throat> chime in real estate investors and, and go to the show notes, which will be juststartrealestate.com forward slash episode 131. And let me know, what are you seeing that contractors are doing that you wish they wouldn't do? Or what are some things that could be added to this list that that aren't here right now? Or if you're a contractor and you you disagree and you do all these things, let me know. I'd like to hear about it. You, you know what? Because honestly, if you do all these things, I want to know where you're practicing uh Carpentry. I want to know where you're where you're uh, setting up shop, and there might be uh, investors in the area that would like to get a hold of you and, and talk to you because you are probably the very best contractor in your area if you're doing all these things. Because I just I just don't see it normally. Okay, and then finally my my bonus point or my bonus thing that you should do. It's kind of a catch all and it's sort of general, but be professional. Just be professional in all things that you do as a contractor, in all of your dealings with real estate investors, in everything that you do, be professional. Again, one of the biggest complaints that I hear from real estate investors is that their contractors are not, they don't act professional. They don't behave in a professional way. We're looking for that. We want that. So please, please treat your business like a business and be professional. It's surprising, like I said, how few contractors do these things. In fact, I don't know if I've worked with a contractor that does all of them. Like I said, about you know half to three quarters is about the best I've gotten. I do have contractors that cover a lot of them, though. Like I said, so you know, doing all of them is something I haven't experienced, but I hope you have. And if you're a contractor and you do all these things, by all means, toot your own horn, get on the show notes, and let us know about it. 
I'm not giving up hope that I'm going to find a contractor that does all these things. And frankly, if you're in Southeast Michigan, if you're in Metro Detroit and you're a contractor and you are confident that you do all of these things. Oh, by the way, it goes without saying that you have to have competitive timing and competitive cost, right? I suppose if you want to charge 10 times whatever else charges, you know, you can you can cover these bases, but you have to, it goes without saying you have to be competitive, right? You have to be um, price wise and timing wise, you have to be competitive. And then once you get that, all of these things need to be checked off the list as well. But I'm happy to talk to you if you're in Metro Detroit. Give me uh, an email. Shoot me an email at mike at juststartrealestate.com. I'd love to talk to you. If not, just get in the show notes and say where you're from, and, and hopefully we can connect you with some real estate investors that would love to talk to you. Okay, that's all I have for today. Okay, guys, one last thing before we go. I would just like to ask, if you're enjoying this podcast, if you're really getting something out of it, if you think it provides value, then please go to iTunes and give me a rating and review. It helps me out a ton. It helps me reach more people. It allows me to help more people, and that's really what I'm trying to do here is help people. I'm trying to answer questions and and provide as much value as I can. And the best way for me to reach more people and to really provide value is for you to go and give me a rating and review. iTunes puts a ton, a ton of weight on that, and I really would appreciate it. Until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. 